So like I've talked about before, the GPA is going to be a huge part of your medical school application because it, combined with the MCAT, are going to get your foot in the door for an interview. So if you're just starting out in undergrad or pre-med, whatever you want to call it, your job is to get the highest GPA and highest MCAT possible because that's going to keep the most amount of doors open for you. Now when I was going through it, I finished with a 3.94 which was obviously good enough to get me into medical school, but it didn't start off so well. I was a fairly poor student in year one and year two of undergrad. I was very lazy, I was undisciplined. I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I kind of just drifted through and my mark showed that. Fortunately, I was able to turn it around in time and obviously finish with a GPA that was good enough. So hopefully you guys take what worked and leave behind the mistakes that I made. And you'll be well on your way. So the first thing to understand is that sometimes you're going to have to choose your GPA over what you might actually be interested in. The reality is most of these medical schools, they set an initial cutoff for the GPA and MCAT. And if you don't meet those cutoffs, they don't even bother looking at the rest of your application. So like I said, whenever you're given a choice between prioritizing the GPA and something else, make sure that you go with the GPA. Nowadays with social media and everything, the message is always be happy all the time and chase your dreams, chase your passions, and there's a place for that. But a lot of the times in your undergrad process, you might have to take classes that are easier, the grade is gonna be higher, and that's gonna help your GPA, but you might not necessarily be interested in them. So for example, if you're given the choice of two courses and you know one is easy, the professor's chill, the exams are pretty straightforward, and the other one is something that you're a little bit more interested in, but the professor is really tough. The class average is like a 70 versus an 80 for the other one. And just things like that. If I was given that choice, I would choose the easier one every single time. Now that's not to say that you can't work harder at the other one and still get a good grade, but the reality is this is a four year marathon and you don't want to end up at the end of it with a lower number than you could have had because you decided to take a harder class early on. This process is far from perfect and it's hard to say how much a high GPA correlates with you being a good medical student and a physician down the road, but you gotta play the cards that you're dealt. So if you can put yourself in the position to get a high GPA in the most efficient manner possible, make sure you choose that way. For a lot of schools, that GPA, all that matters is that you meet that cutoff and then how high it is is gonna determine how impressive that part of your application is. They don't necessarily care about how much fun you had or how passionate you were taking those courses unless it comes up in your interview. But again, just do what you need to to get that high GPA. I remember for me, I had to take this class called Fish and Fisheries. Literally sat there memorizing 50 different kinds of fish based on appearance and we had an exam on that. There's another one called like Limnology. It was the study of fresh water bodies or something. and three hours a week of listening to this professor talk about water bodies. And no disrespect to him, he was very passionate about what he did, but to sit there and pay for these classes just so I could pad that number, not a good feeling. So like I said, it's not a perfect process, but it is what it is right now. So choose the path that takes you to a higher GPA. Now the next thing is major key and I still do this and I plan on doing this throughout my career and that's to seek upper year mentorship. There's nothing better than talking to somebody who's just gone through what you're going through 
and they can help guide you to what to do, what not to do, what classes to avoid, and any just sort of tips that they might have for you, and it can help out a lot. Now, obviously, pre-med's a pretty competitive environment, but I'm sure you can find somebody to help you out and tell you the truth about classes and kind of guide you along the way. And if not, watching videos like this or using things like Rate My Prof to see what people are saying, it's very helpful and you should definitely take advantage of it. People can help you out with old assignments, exams, they might have PDFs of textbooks and save you money that way. So this is huge, make sure you network and put yourself in positions to meet people like that. It's gonna help you out a lot. I know for me, even as a medical student, upper year medical students guided me so much in terms of choosing electives, who to work with, and same thing with residents and attendings when it came to reference letters, what to do in my applications. The more people you know that are at a higher level, they can help to guide you and it's gonna help you out throughout your career. Now the next thing is just to learn how to learn what works for you and do it in the most efficient way possible. Just because everybody else is going to class and doing things a certain way doesn't mean that works for you. Now back in my day, we didn't have recorded lectures, but hopefully you guys do and that way you can watch them on your own time, work up to a higher speed and save yourself some time that way. What I used to do was I just looked at the slides, you kind of get a feeling for what's important over time and I would just do that. Some of my classmates that went to lecture might record the lecture so I'd listen to it at like two times the speed to make sure I didn't miss anything and more often than not, I didn't. So I'd just go through the slides myself, make some notes on it or some flashcards, whatever, go through the lecture if it was available to me in terms of the recording. And if not, if something confused me or whatever, I could just Google it or YouTube it or reach out to a classmate that went to class. Not only did this save me a ton of time, but it allowed me to learn efficiently in a way that works for me. Things like rereading and highlighting and just memorizing, it's not very helpful. So just do what actually counts and get a bang for your buck when you study. You wanna do things that are actually helping you like active recall, spaced repetition, questions, old exams, things that actually test the knowledge. If you like going to lecture or your school requires you to, just take a quick look through the notes beforehand. So by the time you get to lecture, it's like the second time you're seeing it, so it's gonna absorb a little bit better. Now the next thing is to take advantage of office hours, and I know it's annoying, you kinda of just wanna go home, you don't feel like it, whatever, but it helps to just go once in a while. What this is gonna do is, a lot of these professors teach this stuff because they're actually passionate about it, so when they teach it to you, it actually makes sense and it clicks and they might inadvertently give you some hints in terms of how they talk about things and what they're emphasizing in terms of importance. Another thing it can do for you is as you build that relationship over time, they're gonna remember you and that can open doors in terms of research opportunities and when the time comes, reference letters for your application. That's exactly what happened to me. There was a professor I really liked. I was doing well in his class, went to his office hours once. There was like a hockey jersey on the wall or something. We just started chatting about that and then eventually we built up that relationship, it led to a research opportunity and eventually a reference letter. Now the next thing is to manage your time well. Obviously pre-med's very busy, so you have to be very efficient with your time and balance all the different things that you have to do. One thing I started doing back then and that I still do is every Sunday I just sit down, plan out the entire week on the calendar on my laptop or on my phone, and that way I have a game plan for every single day and it takes a lot of stress off my plate. And then every night you just look at the next day and see what you have to do. And at the end of every day, just go through your list and make sure that you checked everything off and you're not gonna be perfect every day, but the closer you can get to that, you just have to take care of the daily habits and then over time, that big goal you're going for tends to just take care of itself as long as 
You just do what you need to do every single day. Once you schedule out your time like this and follow a game plan, you're gonna realize how much time you're actually wasting and how much free time you have. And then that's up to you whether you wanna work more or enjoy yourself more with that free time. This is huge, so make sure you do it. You just schedule in what you need to do every single week. And that includes social stuff too. It's not just school and that way, you're not constantly worried about what you need to do next because it's right there. You just have to go through and follow that plan. Now you type A people aren't gonna like hearing this, but it's important to take some breaks and enjoy the process. You're only gonna be this young once. You're going through undergrad one time. So have some fun, make some memories. You're not gonna regret it. One of the biggest mistakes I made in the first year of undergrad was I would put everything through a filter of is this getting me to med school or is it not? And if it wasn't, I wouldn't do it. So even if all my work was done for the day and I had literally nothing more that I had to do, I would force myself to work or do extra research or pick up an extra shift at work just to tell myself how hard I was working. And this sounds absurd because it is. No one's gonna give you extra credit for being miserable. You gotta keep in mind, this is a very long process. It really never ends. Once you get to med school, it's that initial high, but then you realize it's back to square one, it's another four years, then it's residency. So you really do have to slow down and smell the roses. Luckily, I was able to turn around after that year and then things got much better. I was able to enjoy myself and kind of just slow things down. But that first year was miserable. And like I said, my grades weren't very good either, so it wasn't even worth it. So that's pretty much it, guys. That's everything I wish I knew. And that helped me the later three years of undergrad. And it got me that 3.94 to get into medical school. Now, like I said, it's not a perfect process. I personally don't think that a high GPA and a high MCAT or everything when it comes to being a good medical student and eventually a good physician, but it is what it is right now. So put in the work, do the best you can. Good luck. And I'll see you next time.